Hi, welcome to the Entrepreneurial Odyssey. I'm your host, Rob Ratliff, where we talk to entrepreneurs about their businesses and what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. And today we have a guest, Colin Strong. So welcome, Colin. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Rob. Yeah, you bet. So for our listeners, just give us a little bit of background, what it is that you're doing right now for your business. Yeah, I operate and own FinServe 360. We find no-cost savings programs for business owners across all 50 states. What I mean by that is simply finding access to FICA tax savings, supplemental health care benefits, increased take-home pay for employees, for no out-of-pocket costs to the employer or the employees. That is my main focus right now, and just networking every single day to, to get to know more business owners and help them out. Good. I'm hoping this podcast will reach some people that will be able to you know, get more information from you. It sounds awesome. What's How'd you get involved in that? What was the, where'd you find out that? Yeah, networking. So if you're not networking, you need to start. I have yeah. been involved with the employee retention tax credit. I work with a firm that only recognizes the objective revenue criteria. They're one of two that hold liability and protect clients in this crazy world. This was an upcoming project. And so I've been on the forefront of my mind how I can help business owners be able to save more on their taxes and obviously help provide employee retention and recruiting tools given this crazy economy that we're in. And it's newer. It came out from the Affordable Care Act and through Section 125 tax program. Yeah, stumbled across it because we're always looking for new ways to innovate and help business owners win. That's awesome. So if somebody wanted to learn more about it, how would they find out? How would they find you? Yeah. So I've got a website, www.finserve360.com. Find me on LinkedIn, Colin Strong. Anywhere on there, I've got my meeting link they can book out. More than happy to provide education around the, the topic and see if we can help help everyone win in that that capacity. Awesome. All right. So how long, let's see, how long have you been working for yourself? It's actually about a year this month. Yeah. Crazy enough. It's been about 12 months. Congrats. What was, what led you, tell us what you were doing before and then what led you to just say, I'm going out on my own. Yeah. So a little bit of background. I come from the the tech space, a lot of SaaS products, tech sales. So started off selling OSHA compliance and safety training, everyone's favorite thing to do. I worked with a company there for health, safety, and compliance, and then <clears throat> went in the healthcare space for a little bit, did some mobile COVID testing, uh, came back to the tech space and selling uh, software for texting for small businesses across the country, and then most recently uh, selling solar power security units for remote assets. So what happened in the short is we were ramping faster than any other rep had ever ramped at our company before. And unfortunately, nothing's guaranteed was my takeaway and had my first overnight with my wife since having children. So it was long overdue and found out that we all got cut. There was five of us. So I returned home from a nice little vacation to Park City, Utah, to no longer have a job. And I said, I will bet on myself 10 times over and I'm going to figure it out. And that's literally what started me going on my own applying for jobs and realizing it just wasn't, wasn't meant to be. So I, I decided to pursue my own opportunities and, and put myself first. 
Yeah, I tell you what, I, I found a long time ago that you can't really trust anyone to keep you employed but yourself. That is very true, Rob. I wish I found that out sooner. Yeah, I'm not saying I didn't work for other people in the interim and go back and forth. The last job I had, I was the one that quit. It wasn't like, but the, the, the company I was working before that, they were bought out by another company. And because of that, they didn't need me in my position. So, of course, they got rid of me and brought someone in that was, they could pay half of what I was getting paid. <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah. And so I know that story all too well. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who have gone through the same exact thing. But when that happens to you, I know it's not something where you just said, okay, great. I'm going to jump into teaching people how to save money and taxes and work with employers. So what was the process that got you to where you are right now? I'll sit back on networking. A good friend of mine, he's very heavy in the franchise industry. He and I actually met back at the healthcare company I served at for about six to eight months, stayed in touch with him and we reconnected and we had a meeting with a, a group here locally in Utah for uh, ERC and started back on that path. Um, and then just staying in touch again, I would heavily invest in relationships because there's a lot of clout behind that. And, uh, mm -hmm. Continue to build upon it. You know, don't be the person that's, hey, I, I'm reaching out when I need you, but being able to culture a relationship and trust with people that are willing to invest back in you. And fast forward, found another group um, that was hosting ERC I felt more comfortable with. And since then, they took me under wing and, and helping provide that. And then this is another project that we stumbled into to be able to, to work with business owners in that same market. Uh, since ERC served those W-2s. Really just be bold and, and, and taking a risk on yourself to to make something happen. And that's where I got at today. Yeah. Have you, how is the ERC, are you finding it's pretty well known at this point or there's still a lot of open room to find people that could qualify yeah, great, still more? Yeah, great question. Um, there are still a lot of people that can qualify Unfortunately, the IRS giving that notice uh, a couple months ago, maybe two months ago now, they had said they're going to pause any new filings for the time being. However, that doesn't mean that they're not accepting filings still. We are proactively still filing and sending those uh, preparations to them, but we'll have to wait until they open that back up, which from their last notice is estimated end of this year, 2023. But I will say that there's a lot of fraud, a lot of miscalculations. So you do have to be careful, just like PPP was audited, very good likelihood this will be audited as it's already been done. A lot of people went out for a cash grab and wanted to say, how can we make the most amount of money possible? Great, we think we know what we're doing and you may never hear from those ERC companies again in a couple of years, which is pretty sad, but you gotta, you gotta yeah. be careful who it is that you're working with. So. I mentioned earlier when we were talking, we are one of two companies that holds the liability and protects clients. So anyone that wants a review, we're still doing those. It is only on the objective revenue and we won't jeopardize the liability for any of our clients to dip into the gray area of that, that program for any single client. So meet the revenue requirements or not. It's black and white, yes or no, you qualify or you don't. You've seen some benefits now of working on your own as well as some of the problems branching out on your own. 
What are, tell us a little bit first about some of the problems that you've run into or you're now on your own, you may not have a supportive employer, and then we'll talk about some of the benefits of being on your own. Problems. I don't have enough of me's. I can't, I can't duplicate me fast enough. Being able to provide the education, the relationships, time on the phone, things. In addition to that, I would say I love the social aspect and building out a team and being able to help rise the tide together and everybody wins, you're on your own. And with a wife and a couple kids, she doesn't get as excited about business as I do. So it is difficult to oftentimes share wins or share challenges and problems that I'm facing when I am 100%, you know, on my own. So not being able to relate is often one of the challenges that I, I face on a, on a pretty regular basis. But try and have a quick memory and move on to the, to the next. As for wins, man... I control my time. I control what I'm focused on, projects, people I'm contacting. If I want to go on the golf course and network with people, great. Let's go to a tournament. I love doing that. At the same time, discipline. If you're not disciplined, that is something to learn pretty quickly because distractions do come up, whether that's kids or your phone or anything for that matter. It definitely puts puts you in a, a new perspective. Yeah. And just the flexibility of, of being able to find a passion and a niche where you can provide value and your clients actually do see that and then they spread the word. And so being able to see that as a reward and kind of fill my cup, knowing that I've done good at the end of the day, that that is definitely one of the best feelings that I get for for serving as my own, my own boss. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I, I really, I think you have a couple of really good points there. One was you've got to find a niche. You've got to find something that not everyone is necessarily tapped into. But even if there are other people in that same space, finding that niche is the best way to go. Because if you're too broad, it just seems like you're, you're, you're spread too thin. And you've got to nail it down to a particular niche or a particular group of people that you serve. So when you're looking at this niche, you're looking at business owners, you mentioned networking is primarily the way you do it. So is it more of a referral type process that you're getting your clients or have you tried other things yeah, too? I know everyone tries to do email marketing. I did that for a time. I'm not saying it's it's bad or wrong or not successful, but we all know the rule about opt-ins and oftentimes people don't opt in for cold marketing emails. Um, there is a couple tools on LinkedIn mm -hmm. that I do use to automate a lot of the messages and communication out so that I can generate interest in order to have an appointment set or a conversation with that. So there are some, some great tools there, mm -hmm. but a lot of it is relationship based. It is word of mouth truly is one of the best referrals to not only have someone close to you, have a firsthand experience implementing the service or product that you sell themselves, and then allowing them to share that uh, within their, their network and their circle. So if you're not part of networking groups here locally or on an international basis, I actually joined a BNI chapter about a month ago. Phenomenal decision. I'm not here to plug BNI, but I will tell you those are the types of opportunities that you need to think of. If you're not looking to grow your business, okay, fair. But if you, there's so many Facebook pages, there's local chamber of commerce, wherever you're at, you've got 
LinkedIn pages. There's so many opportunities. You just need to be proactive. They're not going to just come to you and say, hey, what do you do? You need to spend the time and actually invest in learning what other people do. It is a little cliche to say it, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think when you can provide value to an individual, they will sit and give you the time of day to listen. And you just need to listen. Just shut up and listen. Just give them a chance to to talk with you. Yeah, have you found that when you correspond on things like LinkedIn, Facebook, are, are you finding value in that? Have you been able to get leads that way and find people yeah, to talk to you? Um, actually, I probably have at least one appointment a day, if not a, a few a week, that are literally cold email conversations. Hey, would love to know what you do. Showing interest in how I can provide value and say, how can I help you? What is it that you do? One of the softwares I use, if, if you're not familiar, Connected, I'll give you my secret, but that's one of the tools that I think everybody could take a look at. <laughs> Create campaigns based on certain demographics, groups on LinkedIn, searches from Sales Navigator, and automate and all those messages to go out. I had a call with a guy today and very interested in being a referral partner. And so for me to find centers of influence is crucial because I can only replicate so many of me, but those that have close relationships, absolutely. There's definitely value in in doing that. You do need to send a message that is concise, provides value add and generates enough interest for them to say, great, be happy to connect with you. when when do you want to chat? Those are a couple tips that I'd recommend. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I, I found too that it really does come down to being social on social media. They, they, so many people want to put ads on social media. They want to reach out on social media through the the automated stuff, through the platforms, things like that. But it's, like you said, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And it really comes down to what I found is act being social on social media is one of those things that seems like it would be just obvious. But there's so many people who don't really take the time to reach out and respond back and talk and cultivate. And networking is what really is about building those relationships with people and getting to know those people. BNI, I am also, I'm also a member of a chapter up here in Cache Valley, so I know the benefits of BNI. And again, it's just teaching people how to network. And here's the really cool thing about it is I think once you've been in that networking space, and BNI is, is one of those programs, for those who don't know, where you go and you talk to a group of people and all of those people that you share what you do with then become referral partners for you to go out and find other people. And what I found was really interesting is just being a part of that. I've almost trained my, it's trained my brain now to look for these networking opportunities. And when we were down at this Funnel Hacking Lab conference, I'd run into someone who specialized in, like there was someone I ran into her name's Leah, and she specializes in some of the HR types of things where she helps people to learn more about managing employees and learn more about the HR side and how to find good employees and how to train good employees. And I said, man, I know this other person that's in the same space. I should hook you guys up. And so I was like, what your, what's your number? And I got his number. And I texted both of them. Now she's talking to him and he's talking to her and I'm talking to them. And so it's like, boom, they just, you find those places where people can connect and it's so cool and it's so fun to do it. And so if you're not like 
like you're saying, you've said networking so many times already. It's so important in business, especially as an entrepreneur, get out there and network and go to as many places. You've got the Beanitings, you've got social groups, you've got luncheons through business commerce and chamber of commerce and things like that. But man, get out there, talk to people, tell them what you do. Grant Cardone, he's one of these guys that's in marketing, billionaire type. And but he says, if they don't know you, they can't flow you. That's one of his sayings. It's, it really is just so important to get out there and just network, talk to people. Do you find yourself just talking to people at, in a group or at a party or on the street or in line at the bank? Like, you have to be pretty outgoing to, to network um, when you're doing it. I'll just say this. Uh, we talk about Ed Milet, the power of one. Literally, what if that one conversation... Mm-hmm that you're so hesitant to have were to change your life, but you will never know unless you open your freaking mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. Like in my opinion, that yeah. one person at the bus stop, like just be a nice person, start having a very easy conversation. Listen, it's yeah. uncomfortable. You could speak to it too. Right. B and I, people get to present a seven minute slide deck of what they do, smash it in a, a short amount of time. But those are the things like we're, we're not naturally comfortable to just go speak to random strangers all the time. But like you said, you can't expect people to know what you do, how you can provide value unless you open your mouth and share. But I will tell you, don't just start sharing what you do up front. You need to be asking questions. Go one layer deeper with these individuals so you can actually learn more about them and show interest. And in return, an organic byproduct of that is they will then want to find out what you do. And so I would just say, take a risk on yourself, ask a question. If it goes south, it goes south. You got a memorable experience to share in the future when you're trying to teach other people how to network. But those, those are the ways that we're able to learn and grow. And again, your one conversation, one meeting, one text, one, one, thing away from finding that person or that next step in your career, in your deal cycle, whatever it is, you're one away. Just try and find one more. That's all you need to do. And you'd be surprised what what the results will be. Yeah. And and people, I think, are so afraid to network and talk about their products and services because they don't want to come off like salesy. And um, I don't want to just be one of those guys. But you know what? You have to understand, and the people listening, I I know you already know this, but if you have a product or service that's going to help someone and fill a need that they can't fill themselves or fix a problem that they can't fix themselves, and you have the key, the solution to that, it's it's not a sale, it's a service. So it's really just finding out how can I serve the people that I'm around. If there's a way that I can serve someone by getting to know their problems, their pain points. And sure enough, it happens to fit something that I have a product or service for that can fill that need, fill that gap, solve that problem. You don't worry about selling, just worry about serving and finding the right types of people. And those kinds of sales or the opportunities to serve others will just land in your lap. But like you said, you got to talk to people, you have to get to know people and you have to be concerned about other people's well-being. If, if you can do that and wrap your head around that, then, and you have a product service that's going to fill that need or gap, you're not selling, you're just serving, and it can make all the difference in the world. Don't be afraid to open your mouth. Don't be afraid to talk to people. 
like it's some fantastic advice. Yeah, I had my let. I don't know if you ever heard his. Did you ever hear him tell a story about his I was son when they went to the conference here locally uh, in Salt Lake for that? So yes, I did get that that story. It's freaking awesome. Isn't that just the funniest story you ever? No, we're gonna win. <laughs> it's literally all winning is way better. I mean, that's that that was his point, right? Change your perspective. We're putting a new polo on you, son. Mm -hmm. You're not the guy that's going to get lunches because you're down 12 strokes. That's not us. I'm sorry. I'll go get it. You go to the tee. No practice yeah. swings. You do what I tell you. You're going to crush it. They come back. They win. Now there's a lot more emotion to that. But it's freaking rad to hear that they came back and they won the tournament. And all it was is taking a different perspective. And I think that was one of the coolest things that he could share about what what him and his son were able to accomplish. And then he continued to win tournaments after that. Like that's the bigger picture, not just the one that he played in for him to caddy for his son. And now he's signing a deal with, I think it was a Korean golf, you know, association or something like that. So <clears throat> it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It really is amazing what you can do. If you just change your perspective and you make a decision and there, I'm, I'm sure there are entrepreneurs listening to this who are just getting started or, who are someone in this downward cycle where just things aren't necessarily working out. They're not getting the leads they wanted. They're not getting the sales they wanted. They're not going the way they want. You can really, that can really start to hit on you and start to make you feel less than valuable or less than the entrepreneur you want it to be. But sometimes you have to step back, look at it from a different perspective and just say, that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. Like you said, change that polo change your shirt, whatever you got to do and make a decision that you're going to do better. Make a decision you're going to get out there. You're going to try again and stand up when you fall over. And that's the secret to success. It really is. Have you ever, in, in the last year when you've been on your own, did you ever get to a point where you just said, yeah, it's just, this isn't going to work. This sucks. Like, and you had to overcome something to, to fix it. And if so, uh, what was that experience? Truthfully, no. And the reason is, is because ever since I left the nine to five, I told myself I would never work another nine to five again, unless I absolutely had to. So I put my back mm -hmm. against the wall and I said, there is no other option. Go figure it out. I will bet on myself 10 times out of 10 mm -hmm. from now on, knowing what I'm worth, because clearly someone else didn't see the value in what I'm worth. And that to me was one of those pivotal points. And again, that's a mentality. I mean, you could talk, uh, David Goggins, you could talk Bradley, you could talk Jim Quick, all these guys, they've found some of those pivotal points. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, if, if I have a bad day, so be it. Guess what? I wake up tomorrow morning and I start a new one. Like, forget it. I've got I've got too much to focus on and start mm -hmm. winning that. I can't sit in my puddle and just pout all day. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. And if you're in that mentality yeah. as an entrepreneur, quickly get out of it because it's not healthy and it's not going to do do any good for you in the near future. But yeah, that's 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 been my experience thus far. Do you have any favorite motivational speakers? I know there's Jim Rohn and Tony Robbins and Ed Milet, and there's a bunch of them out there. Which one do you find that you like really seem to have something in common with or relate yeah. to and why? Every day driving to the gym, I get a little bit of Eric Thomas. I get a little bit of David Goggins. They're just no BS mentality. Literally, don't be Mr. Poopy Pants, mm -hmm. as David says. For, for me, yeah. I'm not going to run 100-mile races like David. 
But his point is you've got to find that thing to fight that inner demon within you that that's not an option. But what was interesting at the Limitless conference, so for those of you who did get to go, it was phenomenal. They had all these speakers that were already talking about, but David had reiterated one of those points and he had said, let me come back to it because I got my notes here. He had talked about people, if they're dragging you down to not allow you to reach your full potential, shit can those MFers. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's saying a lot of things. There's always someone else chasing after what you have. And they always want your stuff. And so you tell them to F off. Like those are some of those harder reality checks. He always, I used to be a lot heavier. I lost over 70 pounds in a period of time. And health and fitness has now been that thing that keeps me going and keeps me determined and overall uh, disciplined to not only be at work, but also my, my overall health. And one of the things he always talks about is just every morning he wakes up and he's got to tell himself, how do I got to put my shoes on and I got to get my run in before I start my day. People like that. Yeah. They're on all the time, but the mentality that someone's coming after you and what you have is something that we need to think about more often. And then the other one that hit me really hard from that conference in particular was Ed's last message. And that being, if you only had one more day to come home, what would that look like? And if you can live in a way where that is mm -hmm. your motivation every day, motivation, drive, whatever you want to call it, motivation disappears after a while. You got to find it as, as in purpose. What is that purpose? Every day, what are you planning to do? Why are you doing what you do? Like that purpose has to be very clear or else you're going to find a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. So that's, that's where it gets me, gets me going, gets the, the juices flowing every day. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people don't know this about me, but I, I went into the hospital probably a couple years ago with some stomach abdominal pain. I thought it was just something in my gut, but turns out I had what's called an arterial dissection, which is where one of the main arteries that feeds my legs, the inner lining of the artery got cut or burst or something. It was flowing into the, the, between the layers of the external part of the artery and the internal. And they're worried the doctors were, I have to keep my blood pressure down. I have to be soaked. But bottom line is I could kill over at any time. Oh. <laughs> just, I just think it is blow or I could get a, a clot that forms in there and then goes to my brain and I stroke and I'm out. So I honestly try to live every day as if it was my last because you just never, never know. It's, 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 it's interesting. I'm not saying that I necessarily worry about it. I don't wake up in the morning and go, I could die today or anything. In fact, I still go to the gym every day. I think health and fitness is so important. If you're going to be an entrepreneur and you have the time and you freed up the time, the time more flexible, you really ought to make a point to get to the gym. You need to be the best you can be. If, if you're making money, but your health is, is in the toilet, you're just not going to feel as good as if you're healthy and, and, and strong and making good money and having those good relationships. So I, I found that to be so important as well. What's your, how often do you go? Like every day you're out there, you do mostly cardio, weights? What's yeah, your, I'm what's six your, days a week, 4 a.m. Uh, I've got three little girls, so I have to make time. And that's the time that I make it happen. I do sacrifice a little bit of sleep, but at the same time, I get it in first thing in the morning. I took care of me. Now it's time to take care of business, put my dad hat on. I have the luxury of being able to work from home. So I get to see my little girls every day, which is phenomenal. I like to lift weights. 
Right now I'm on a plan here since mid-April. I have uh, been down about 30 pounds because again, I let myself go be more casual yes. in my food and I would work out, but it just wasn't as regimented and, and dialed in. And so I, I paid for a coach, pay hundred bucks a month and it's an accountability. I'm now paying for someone to tell me what to do. And that makes all the difference because I know what to do, but mm -hmm. getting that little extra help it really makes all the difference. So yes, I do about an hour and a half of weights and then 48 minutes as of today for Stairmaster. If anyone wants to climb 230 plus flights of stairs with me, wow. join me, join me on the Stairmaster. <laughs> oh man, I tell you, that Stairmaster, I don't mind getting on that thing, but my issue is just, it, it just, I get bored to death sitting there. So that's the yes. time you listen to your podcast and listen to your coach. Yes, I do. That's, yeah, right? that's when I get my You're CEUs. Books, in. Right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, B&I commitments. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I should probably, I should probably do more of that. <laughs> I was just thinking about last week. Right? I have these CEUs I need to do and I haven't done them yet. But yeah, B&I requires you to. Do these little continuing education credits to improve yourself and you, you report those and and uh, yeah i need to do better at that so that would be a great time to do is when you're on the stairmaster for me i like the elliptical that's yeah. my poison when it comes to the cardio stuff but do you want to take a minute and talk a little bit more about like your business and how people can save yeah so uh if you're still uncertain or you already had a review of your employee retention tax credit we are still doing those there's no cost to figure out if you qualify um like i said it is strictly on the objective revenue criteria so you know we can turn that around within a day or two and let you know yes or no so feel free to connect with me and I'll, I'll share my social links and other contact info as well. And then the other program is the Encompassing Health program. That allows for employers, as we mentioned earlier, to be able to save on average about six to $800 per W-2 employee annually in FICA tax. To supplement that, kind of the cherry on top, the employees get access to supplemental healthcare benefits. They also get an increase in take-home pay. You guys shouldn't complain if your employer says, hey, here's a little extra money to take home. Does not cost the employer or employee any out of pocket. And it also does not disrupt existing benefit or payroll processes. That's one of those tools that just people don't know about, hoping that this will open some doors for people to reach out. I'm more than happy to help take a look at that for you. Typically that's done in a three to six week period. There's Fortune 100 companies we work with all the way down to family-owned mom and pops. No limit on W-2 employees on that program as well. So those are the, the two opportunities right now with more to come that, that we're heavily focused on. So, Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So the process for getting into that, they talk to you. I'm sure you get information about the company that you help them fill out the forms or their forms that you send. Yeah. So like, the, the employee retention tax credit, first thing we do, because we do hold the liability, we send a DocuSign says we're going to protect our client. Once that DocuSign comes back, we have uh, six ownership questions that are sent via email. And then there is a follow-up to that for SOC 2 compliant portal for data security, where they'll upload their monthly or quarterly gross revenues from January 1, 2019 through December 31st, 2021. 
So that's the employee retention tax credit. Those are the minimums. After we take a look at the revenue, we'll say, hey, great, Mr. Employer, you qualify for these quarters. Now we'll submit 941's payroll. And then if you did participate in the PPP program, we'll need the 3508 application forgiveness for that. So that's next steps for the, the ERC program. Once that's done, we'll actually amend the 941s for the employers. So that way they don't need to worry about that. Then they will sign and date them, send them to the IRS with a prepaid FedEx label that we give them as well. We also get an 8821 form signed for the client so that we can call the IRS on their behalf, which allows for them to be able to get updates. So we take care of that. So at 16 weeks, we start calling the IRS once uh, every week in order to say, hey, where are things at and where are the funds being sent? So any of those funds go directly to the business owner and then we have our fee assessed after that. So there is no upfront costs. If you don't qualify, you're not charged anything. For the uh, encompassing health program, that process, I typically do a quick presentation with a business owner or I have one of my VPs do that. They will cover all the program details, answer some preliminary questions. Then there's a census that you'll have pulled from your payroll company, whether you use ADP, Paychecks, Paycom, any of the big guys, or have a small payroll system. We integrate with any of those. They provide me that census. Two days later, they get a performa to show a before and after of each employee and who qualifies for that program. But minimum for the encompassing health program, who's interested, you have to make it minimum $17,000 per year as an employee. It's a W-2 related employee. Uh, in addition to that, U.S.-based. I want to make that pretty clear so we don't have international folks that may, may reach out about it. Once that perform is done, then we go through any further Q&A, connect with the payroll processing system, provide a little employee education to a few employees do a few dry runs with the payroll system and then fully implement. And that's done in a three to six week period if you have 10,000 employees or less. If you're over 10,000 employees as an employer and you may hear this, we, we estimate usually about 90 to 120 days given some of the red tape that we go through. Very good opportunities just to learn and be able to share this with other people that want to leverage their tax savings and keep more of their hard-earned money instead of giving it to the government who may be irresponsible sometimes. Yeah. Most yeah, of the time. Sometimes. Yeah. So it sounds most yeah. So it sounds like you're gonna do most of the work Absolutely. they just need to yeah. contact you. You need to find out how many employees and things they do and then you're you're gonna take all that stuff on, which is awesome way to do business. Yeah. If you're if you're listening, you're looking for a way to save money, then I'll definitely reach out and call and see what kind of things you can, that he can do for you. If you, if you haven't applied for the ERC, a lot of people think, uh, a lot of business owners think that they, they can't qualify for whatever reason, but there are a lot of different ways to qualify. So might as well check in on that too and just see any last bits of advice you can give entrepreneurs or business owners who might be listening. First and foremost, I would say be willing to just open your mouth. You literally have no idea what's on the other side of that human being that you talk to. They could be another business owner who could have access to something that you have always wanted. 
They may be someone that could benefit from your service and you just don't know. One of the takeaways, I'll share this last one from Gary Vaynerchuk when he met us at Limitless. He said, get good at micro losing leads to macro winning. Take it for what it's worth. Think on it. Great advice. I love the motivation stuff. Congratulations on everything you're doing, becoming your own business and getting away from that nine to five job. Take care of yourself, getting in shape, losing weight. Sounds like things are just going really, really well for you. So I encourage you to keep Thanks, that man. Up. I appreciate it, Rob. It's been yeah, great opportunity. Again, for those of you listening, Rob's a phenomenal guy. He's going to continue to grow in this space, providing value, education around the entrepreneur space. And yeah, continue to continue to push forward. Even though it's hard, take the, the lonely road because that is what us entrepreneurs do. So don't take the crowded road that everyone else wants to get by. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah. cool. Thanks, Thanks man. I appreciate your time.